here tonight on behalf of the Mission Watch team. You most likely came here tonight without much opposition. Usually there is none in this country, but there are Christians in other countries who do not have the freedom to get together. Many of these Christians are secret believers in countries where conversion to Christianity brings alienation from the family and their community. Violence brings loss of livelihood and sometimes death. We in this room, along with every other Christian around the world, form the body of Christ. And today we unite as one body in prayer for the persecuted church. Jesus says in John 15 verse 20, Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Today in North Korea, the government isolates the population from the wider world. Christians face the severest and the most brutal, brutal persecution. They may be beaten, arrested, tortured or killed. There are up to 500,000 believers in that country and at least a quarter of them are imprisoned in labour camps. Just think of it, that's 125,000 people in labour camps. Some flee to China, but they are often arrested along with those who help them. China returns North Korean refugees to their own country where the punishment is devastating. Believers there belong to reopen churches and worship God in freedom. In Saudi Arabia, with a legal system based on a strict interpretation of Sharia law, citizens are denied the freedom to choose or change their religion. Apostasy, now that's a word that gets bantered around and I knew it was bad but I, I had to look up the meaning of that word. And it's actually when you denounce your own religion. So apostasy is punishable by death. Believers from a Muslim background face this fear every day. Public non-Muslim worship is prohibited. And if caught, they're at risk of arrest, imprisonment, lashing, deportation, and sometimes torture. As you can imagine, there are very few Christians in Saudi. They are secret believers. They are cut off from any other Christians and living out their faith in secret. They fear that they will lose their families, homes and jobs if they are discovered. International tension over Iran's nuclear program is still high. Armenian and Assyrian Christians are recognised religious minorities and they are guaranteed religious freedom. But many believers still report imprisonment, harassment and discrimination. They must not share their faith in public, especially with Muslims. Secret police monitor their church services as well. Apostasy is a crime here 
and it is punishable by death. Yet again in Afghanistan, anarchy and violence continue as the Taliban maintain their attempt to regain power. There are no churches. Life for Christians is very difficult. It is too dangerous for them to keep a Bible in their own homes. They suffer verbal abuse and intimidation, beatings, loss of employment, imprisonment and even death. Their families pressurise them to renounce their faith. Foreigners engaging in outreach in that country, they are usually deported. Back in July of 2007, 23 South Korean workers were abducted. Two of them were executed and many were beaten before they were deported. In China, official churches enjoy a degree of freedom, but many Christians belong to unregistered house churches. One police raid this year saw 270 house church pastors handcuffed together and led away for questioning as they met for prayer and Bible study. Many foreign missionaries have also been deported. In many regions, it is difficult to, for Christians to practice their faith. Evangelism to the under-18s is against the law in China. But organisations like the Open Doors Ministry provide Bibles and Christian literature with a special focus on young people. During 2007, the situation for Christians deteri deteriorated in North Korea, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Mauritania, Libya, Jordan, Belarus, and the Palestinian territories. The situation of Christians improved considerably in Vietnam, Colombia, and Nepal. Praise God. And there are fewer reported incidences in Somalia, but essentially conditions in that country have not changed. You and I in Australia are so privileged to have the freedom to worship God and to meet openly. I think we forget that there are so many countries, 50 of them are on the, are on the persecuted church watch, and millions of people who live with this type of oppression. I wonder if we were placed in the same situation, would our faith hold strong? Would our plea then be, Jesus is sufficient? Let us take some time now to pray for the persecuted church. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for your free gift of salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the example Jesus gave us and your commission to go into all the world so all men may know you. Lord, today we lift up in prayer the Christians in North Korea. They face such severe persecution, Lord. We pray that they stand firm in their faith and remain both faithful and strong. In Saudi Arabia and other Muslim countries, Lord, denouncing their Muslim faith to accept you is punishable by death. Lord, help them have the courage to accept you as the only way and the truth and to keep them strong in their faith, relying on your strength alone 
and not their own. Lord, we lift up to you the Christians in Iran. Although they are guaranteed religious freedom, they are still persecuted for it, Father. We pray that they remain joyful in hope, patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. We pray that in Iraq, the Christians will be unafraid to belong to the body of Christ. Lord, the rift between the different churches needs healing. There is only one body, Lord. Help them see that so that your name is glorified in that country. Again, Lord God, we bring before you all Christians in Afghanistan for whom it is dangerous to even keep a Bible. We pray that you will keep them strong and their eyes focused on you, Lord, that they continue to persevere and not grow weary and that they hide your word in their hearts, even though they are unable to keep a Bible in their home. We praise you, Lord, that China is soon to be the largest evangelical Christian community in the world. Your grace is sufficient. We pray that the youth of this country can freely hear your word and make a decision for you, Father. We pray for those who are imprisoned for proclaiming their faith, Lord. May they remain strong and courageous and that they boldly proclaim Christ's redemption to other prisoners. We pray, Lord, that the Chinese people be released from the bondage of idolatry by softening their hearts and the hearts of the Chinese leaders. We remember the Christians in Egypt and other nations, Father, who often face economic hardship, and those Christians of Muslim backgrounds from all nations need your strength, Lord. We pray that they will be accepted in the church community with trust and that their families will also come to know you. There are many Christians, Lord, in many countries who live in isolation of any other believers because of fear. Keep them strong in their faith, Lord, with their eyes on you always. We pray that you will raise up leaders in these countries who are righteous and bring those unrighteous leaders to salvation through the blood of Christ. We pray that your spirit, Lord, will powerfully fill these lands and that your name will be glorified in all things and situations. We pray that the persecuted Christians are able to forgive the persecutors and we pray for their salvation. Lord, throughout this day, we lift up to you all the persecuted Christians throughout this wonderful world you created. May they know your love and strength and remain strong in Jesus Christ. Lord, may you soften the hearts of the leaders and people of these countries so that they will know that you are the only way. We pray for revival, Lord, and praise you for the work of your Holy Spirit among believers everywhere. And Lord, as we go about our day-to-day -day life in this country, which is thankfully still known as a Christian country, help us remember, Father, that whatever situation we are placed in, we can lean on your strength and know that nothing we go through is as physically or emotionally dangerous as the Christians in the countries where Christianity is not tolerated or outlawed. We can remember, Lord, and be strengthened in you and the example of the faith of Christians who undergo persecution or the threat of persecution daily. 
We lift them all up to you this evening, Lord Jesus. Amen. You may be wondering what you can do to help. How can you and I possibly help? Can one person make a difference? Please watch this DVD called One Voice. Cindy and I are trying to work out where we should spend our wedding anniversary. Very significant day in our lives, 12 years of marriage. We couldn't think of any better place than to be with our family. Here with you guys, so here we are. Sharing our wedding anniversary with you, I hope you appreciate it. <laughs> As Phil said, tonight's our, um, our last message uh, in the series of um, church shaping culture and not the culture shaping the church. And it's been, I think it's been the hope, Phil, that we would just get hold of some of these things and learn how to live as people, as God's church, not as some kind of, I don't know, little cowering entity in the corner, but understand that we are God's people and we are here to shape this world and not to be shaped by it. And so tonight, our last message uh, or, or sermon or whatever you want to call it is on materialism. And I did I did a lot of searching around trying to work out exactly what materialism is and there is an absolute abundance of literature out there on it and it just drove me insane trying to think about what was a good way of putting it. And the best way that I can reduce it down, the simplest way that I can define materialism is, is as simple as this, is that possessions lead to happiness. That's basically materialism in a nutshell. And do you want to know what? I have to agree with it. I think they've got it right. I think when, they, when we define materialism like this, this is true. I can't deny it. Possessions lead to happiness. They really do. I know this because I've got possessions. One of my, my favourite possessions is this mate and guitar over here that Bill was playing tonight. Plays it a lot better than I do. Most people do. But... Um, it's a possession of mine and I enjoy it and it brings me pleasure and uh, it's a good thing to own. I've got a house and it's quite a big house and, uh, you know, it's a great thing. I get, I get pleasure out of my house. I, I have security. It's a place where our family can live and we can seek kind of shelter, if you like, from the elements. Uh, we're warm in the, in the winter and we're cool in the summer and our family grows in there and it's great and that's good too. Uh, if, you, if, you've, if you've hung around with, with Joff for more than 30 seconds, Joff's our senior pastor, um, it, it won't take him long to seize an opportunity to show you one of his possessions that he's now got. And it's an iPhone. And it's great. And if I had the time, I'd get him up here to give you a demonstration. You can play guitar on this thing. You, can, you want to, don't you? <laughs> you, you obviously, your weights and your, your, your working outs worked because you, you beat the suitcase out of those guys that took you in your back. <laughs> Excellent work, Joff. But it's, and it can, it, it can, it's even got like a lightsaber in it, and he can pretend to be Luke Skywalker. And I've seen him do it. <laughs> Possessions are good. They bring joy, they bring comfort, and they're a means for us to do life. 
But I've entitled tonight's message as attachment issues because this is where I think a perfectly good thing, like possessions, can turn into a tool for destruction. Possessions are grace, gifts from God. But grace in the hands of fallen humanity can soon become a means to sin. Attachment issues arise when my possessions move from a means, that is a servant that I use to do life, to meaning. By that I mean we start to serve them with our lives. They have become more than objects. They have become extensions of who we are and we must have them to identify who we are so that we can understand who we are. And the more we have, the more we are. The message of this world says that possessions need to identify us, need to become the reason why we live. This, and, when, and when we take hold of this, there is a decisive shift in our, in our attitude towards possessions. They've moved from a means to a meaning. They've become more than they should be. And you know, you don't even actually need to own things to be attached to them. You just have to give your thought and your heart to that. To, to kind of crave after it and start to put your energies towards it, to desire it. Does anybody know what the tenth commandment is? It's Exodus 20, 17. Can anybody tell me what the tenth commandment is? Pa- hey? That's it? Don't covet. It's the one commandment that speaks to our heart, not to actions that we do. God is aware that when we start to attach our our lives and stuff to things, things can go wrong. Friends, this is a great danger to our faith. It's a great danger to our church. When objects and possessions that we have in the world that we live move from useful items, from no longer just being a means but shift to being a meaning, an extension of who we are and they take a high priority in our life, they start to compete for the same space that God wants in our lives. In fact, they replace God in our lives. They become the primary purpose for living. And rather than the church being a body of people whose highest priority is God and shaping the culture with that, we are shaped by this and we can be shaped by this and it comes into our church and it usurps God's place in our lives. Here's how it can happen. I own a TV. Nothing wrong with that. It's a nifty little TV. It's a possession that I have. And it meets my needs. Each night it, it delivers the news to me. It's great. I can find out what's going on around the world. It's also kind of doubles as a babysitter. I can put a, a DVD of Ben 10 in there. And